You know, I would like to say, if you are listening to this podcast, I mean, it tells me that you feel called and there's a reason that you're curious about this topic. And I would encourage you all to just explore that see what comes up you know it takes a lot of courage once again to go to any space where you're, you're going inward and that's very normal and it's really beautiful when you can really get to know yourself on a deeper level welcome to real souls real spirituality real connection a podcast about real day-to-day spirituality and navigating our spiritual human experience this is a podcast for people keeping it real and anyone with a soul. <laughs> Our hope for this podcast is to engage in raw, authentic conversations about what it means to be a spiritual being. We are going to have so much fun exploring some deep topics and create a dialogue about spirituality. We would like you, the listener, to feel connected to your spirituality and as part of a soul community. We are never alone in this journey as we are all souls. So let us get real. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Gabby, and welcome to our episode today. I'm here sitting with my co host, Victoria. Hello. Patricia. Hello. And then we have an amazing guest with us today. Hi, Shani. Hi there. <laughs> uh, and we're so excited to have you here. And we're going to be talking about mental health and spirituality and other fun stuff like that you've been working on. A little bit about yourself and like what made you decide to be a therapist? Well, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist here working in South Jordan. You know, since I was a little girl, I've just always loved holding space for people and just it's a lot of compassion. And I've always just wanted to do really great things in my life. I myself have endured a lot of my own traumas that I have continually been working with and healing. And it's amazing the clients I, I've seen, you know, I can relate to them in, in different ways. And it's been really beautiful. They've been some great teachers for me and also a great teacher for them. And just really wanting to continue to give back and hold that kind of space. I primarily work with complex trauma. I see adults, couples, families, and sometimes little kiddos. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You're very welcome. And you're also a Reiki master. I am. Yes. And that's so fascinating mm-hmm. to be able to combine both things yes. uh, into into one. That mm-hmm. They don't have to be separate things, right? Our mental health and our nope. spirituality. Not at all. It's actually really beautiful when it's combined and you see so much healing occur. Mm-hmm. Even just holding the Reiki energy in the space, it's amazing what can, can transform and what can come through. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what I do. I don't do a lot of Reiki right now. Um, it's mostly just setting an intention in the space, in the room. It's really what I'm doing right now in my practice. But eventually I'd like to be doing more Reiki in the more session. Hands. More hands-on right now. My family usually gets the benefit right now of the hands-on Reiki. (laughs) Yes. Even though you're not hands-on with your patients, it's flowing out of you. It's flowing out of you. energy. Yes. And I've noticed that more in the space and it's just been really beautiful. I've watched a lot of people feel safer to open up, appear more relaxed in the space and really release kind of a a quicker rate than what I've seen before with doing all this work. I am seeing some beautiful things happen. What made you want to add Reiki? key to the work you were already doing in therapy with your clients. I just really love energy. You know, I just thought, wow, I've got this beautiful energy I've always known that I've carried. And how can I really pass this along to my clients, to people that I come in contact with? I was actually meeting with Travis Hill, a very famous medium here, who did say that, you know, your higher self's really feeling called to do some Reiki, and I really want to connect you with Gabby. And that's how all of that started. We love Travis. Mm-hmm. I just worked down the hallway from him now, so it's glorious. <laughs> so you mentioned complex trauma, and I just want to help understand what does that entail? I'm not sure if folks really understand what trauma therapy 
is. Mm -hmm. Can you unpack that just a little bit for our our listeners? Yes, I definitely can. You know, complex trauma is really not just a single event. It's maybe things that have happened again and again and again, right? Little things over time, big things over time. A lot of it can start in childhood, right? Where we're trapped, we can't really escape what's going on. So we just continue to endure it. And we develop a lot of different coping strategies that really helped us survive and really adapt to our environments that later on, if we don't really know or understand, are going to continue to right, happen, which is therefore really going to start hurting us. Right? What was meant to be short-term now becomes long-term and causes a lot of issues, right? And we're seeing all these symptoms because with trauma, we don't have memories, we have symptoms. And these symptoms then get pathologized and diagnosed, and right? And it just becomes craziness. And everyone thinks they have all these things when really all these symptoms are just what has happened to them and how it's still trying to like allow them to survive, right? Just like anxiety, it's an early warning sign of potential danger. It's alerting us, right? We want to have anxiety sometimes. That's really a great, great way of actually alarming us that there could be potential danger happening. But and especially with depression too, what are we depressing down? That was also an adaptive strategy. But you know, when there's no longer danger happening, it then becomes chronic and it just keeps getting triggered. And then we get pathologized, it gets diagnosed. So that's a lot of what happens. And with complex trauma, right, these survivors that have endured so much have a lot of these symptoms and don't understand a lot of the time that it is from what they did survive. And at some point, all those symptoms were helping to keep them alive. It seems like if there's an acute trauma, right? people almost can get better help that way because you can say, oh, it was this car accident or this attack. Yes, We can look at that. It's acute. But when it's chronic, like you said, when it's in childhood, it gets diagnosed away as other things and never treated at its root. And that's a lot of what I really love to do, getting to the root and doing it right. My, my motto is always slower is faster. And a lot of clients don't want to hear that, right? They want to heal quick. Yeah. We live in a world where everything's so fast-paced and, you know, can we get through this? Let's just unpack it all right now, right? But that's so dangerous. Because, right, a lot of these survivors of complex trauma don't have a lot of capacity, right? Their nervous systems have been wired for survival, right? They do not have window of tolerance. And that's where we want to start building that so they can have that capacity to start really feeling and re kind of not re-experiencing, right? Remembering's not always recovering. But can I start really noticing this anxiety? What does it feel like in my body, right? We're helping them reconnect to the body in a very safe way with little titrations, right? So they can build that capacity. They can eventually really feel that anxiety, let that move or notice what that depression feels like. Right, getting curious about that critic that they hear in their mind that really did keep them alive. So it's just, you know, it's really helping them build that capacity, which they don't know until they come in and write psychoeducation is the first big thing I do with complex trauma with really any client that's struggling with something with trauma. And is the Reiki, does the Reiki help your clients then? You said it kind of makes it come out easier. It just advances that process, not to make it go faster, but to help them open up more easily. I believe so. Mm -hmm. They feel safer. They feel lots safer. You know, the presence I bring to, and just with my own work that I do, I'm really seeing the results in that of just, right, there's a frequency I do believe that I carry with the work I do of just a lot of unconditional love. But with complex trauma too, sometimes that can be very triggering because it's so unfamiliar for their system. So sometimes I can be triggering because they're like, what is this? This person's too nice. Something's up. Yeah. This is like too good to be true almost. Yes. This is feeling. foreign. This is unfamiliar. Okay. 
when people are nice to me, bad things happen, right? So sometimes I've also got to be very aware of that, but I still just be me and let that energy flow and really cultivate and call that beautiful energy in and just right, really be in between each session. I am setting intentions. I am clearing the space, right? I'm just in this beautiful practice of just creating safety for my clients and not having other clients' energy kind of lingering in there too, so right? But that beautiful energy work is, that's kind of how I cultivate it in my sessions. Would you say that's part of your self-care too? Because I can imagine that it's a very difficult job listening to people's traumas all day long and maybe taking some of it on without meaning to. So what you just described, would that be part of your self-care routine? And would you be able to expand upon that? Like what that may look like? Energy work is is a big part of that. And even just imagining my own bubble, what's mine, right? Because I am also very, very empathic, very intuitive. So, I, you know, about a year ago, it, I would have said it would have been, I would have taken a lot more on. I would have been more tired coming home because I didn't always understand what's mine, what's theirs. Right? A lot of the time I'd feel a lot of anxiety for some reason, but I didn't realize maybe it was theirs and not mine. But now kind of having more of this bubble, this deeper awareness of, okay, this is not mine, this is theirs. Oh, this is mine. Can I just be with this for a minute, right? Because I've built enough capacity to hold that kind of space and just be aware of what's happening, that it is a very great protection for me, where I can still lean in and leave work feeling really energized. And a lot of my complex clients will say, oh, you you know, I'm probably a lot for you. You probably leave here and just feels right. But I, you know, I, mean, I always kind of know that's not what happens. But you know, thank you for sharing that. But a lot of them feel like, oh, I don't know how you do this. But, you know, if I wasn't taking care of myself, I would be a hot mess. And they would feel that and that would not be okay. So, right, self-care is huge for therapists too, especially when we work with complex trauma. Yeah, a lot of therapists tend to be very burnt out. And yeah, they, they're not in a good place at all because they're not doing that work on themselves no. or taking care of their energy. Or even going to therapy themselves if they need to, right? Mm -hmm. I remember this from the first time that we interacted. You're very intentional in the, your approach to the work that you do as a therapist, but also to mixing Reiki with it. And I think that that is, it's really neat to see how you weave it all together. It's been really an impression that you've left on me is that intentionality is so powerful and I can only imagine it benefits your clients. Thank you. That's very kind. I believe it does. You know, with my clients, I also like to get them in the mindset of intention, right? When they sit, I'm like, hey, let's just notice your intentions. You know, when with complex trauma, a lot of the time, clients don't know how to collaborate, right? That's really hard for them. But it's also something I want to help them really build, right? What is your intention for today? Well, I don't know. Well, let's get curious about that, right? So that curiosity is really helping them kind of get back into that prefrontal cortex, that thinking brain, right? And also it's helping to empower them. Well, what do I want to do here today? Because a lot of the time therapy is still seen as the therapist is here to fix you. They're going to tell you what to do. And that's not what I do at all. And right, I'll validate that for them because that's a very common thing. But also, right, also being intentional with them of let's just notice what your intention is. What brought you here today? Let's go back to your goals. Let's just notice what could be helpful today. And right, and if times if they really don't know, right, I'll definitely help guide that. But I also want to help build that confidence because that might be something they never had. And right, intention is everything with everything that we do, right? It's very clear. It sets that clarity. It's very authentic. And it really does kind of map out where we're going. And that's also putting us back in our prefrontal cortex, which is what I want to help them really get back online. Because with trauma, with nervous system dysregulation, that prefrontal cortex is not really online at all. 
It's more of that fight or flight. Fight, flight, freeze, or that submit. Yes. Can we ask you about your spirituality and what does spirituality mean to you? You know, that's a great question. I've been thinking about that. What does that mean to me? And, you know, it's a lot of just the different work I do outside of sessions. I've learned that, you know, it's all just right here. It's all within you. You know, like we're just all one in so many ways and everything is inside. We just have to really learn how to go inward and open that up. And what about your spiritual journey? How did that begin? How did you get into being uh, more spiritual and more intentional? That began, actually, I believe, with Travis Hill again, my, my favorite medium. I believe, yeah, my higher self guided me to combo, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a medicine it involves a frog that has secretions and it really helps to kind of reset and flush out your whole lymphatic system. It's just a beautiful detox. It's not fun, but it's very powerful and has amazing benefits. So that really opened up my journey and then led me to a lot of ayahuasca sits and then led me to other beautiful things that just really opened up my eyes and just showed me that, wow, there are so many things here. The divine is all just within, like it's all right here and there's so much more that we have no idea. And it's just, I can't even put words to it, but so sacred to me. And it's beautiful. Thank you. Very beautiful. Were you a spiritual person as a child? I was. You always felt that connection Mm -hmm. to that divine. I always have. And I'm really seeing that more and more now that it's always been there. Mm -hmm. And just kind of remembering and coming home. It's just really beautiful. And it's just expanded everything in my life and my confidence. And just even just as a therapist now, it's just on a whole different level. Well, let's take a second to think. Travis Hill for being yes. the catalyst to so many people because thanks to him, I'm where I am too. Yes. Same with Patricia. Wow. We, have, we know so many people that that's how they, they started thanks to him yeah. recommending something and being him his amazing self. So, yeah. well, you know, our higher selves know they really do. And really tuning in and connecting with higher, our higher selves is it's very real. And that's also what I help my clients slowly connect to is really being their greatest healer. Versus the therapist being the one to just do everything. Speaking about your clients, would you say because you're in more of a spiritual place yourself that you're attracting that kind of client? Or do you still get clients with all different backgrounds? What would you say about that? I still get clients with all different backgrounds. I mean, I get clients that come in that don't want to be there. Maybe their spouse told them they needed to go. Or, you know, that's some that really want to become more spiritual, but are very much a lot of the time stuck in spiritual ego or right, don't really understand what spirituality is. And that's totally okay. And just to get curious about that, a lot of clients that have no idea who they are, that are just so disconnected, that just want all these symptoms to go away, that are not at all interested in spirituality, which is totally okay. So I just a lot of different individuals on different journeys. And so a lot of people that start a spiritual journey do so because they've been through some kind of trauma. You know, their faith in the world around them and in, in whatever DNA they believe in kind of crumbles and they go through this dark night of the soul. And that's kind of how they get introduced to the spiritual mm-hmm. world. And therapy is not always a part of that journey, but could be a really helpful part of that journey. So what would you say to listeners who are maybe going through the spiritual side of things, but go, I don't know, you know, should I, should I see a therapist for my trauma? What would you say to people who are a little afraid? It is very valid. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to walk in to therapy, to, I mean, even to walk into my office, to walk into any therapist's office. And the big thing is, right, they, they want to, if they are curious, if they want to explore that, really find a therapist that is a good fit for them, because that's what's most important. What feels right for that person? 
and having somebody, you know, that is trauma-informed because a lot of therapists are not. So that's come up before in some of our other discussions that dealing with trauma isn't your run-of-the-mill kind of thing. Finding somebody, whatever the practitioner is that you're looking for, who is trauma-informed and, can, and is trained and experienced in working with trauma, just because of the damage that you can do, thinking you can work with trauma and, and yes. being wrong. And even finding, you know, a therapist um, that also helps them connect back to their bodies, right? A lot of somatic um, techniques, right? Sensory motor, because I do a lot of somatic. I do a lot of sensory motor. I'm very experiential. I do a lot of parts work, right? I do EMDR. It's just, it depends on what's happening in the room and then that can change each day, but it is helping them reconnect because, right, that's where a lot of everything happened that, you know, is trauma. We disconnect from that and we kind of stay in our heads because, right, what happened was just too much. So helping them reconnect in a really safe space and a really safe way back to their bodies, back to their souls, right, really becoming more aligned. And right, I've also noticed too in my practice, I see colors and that also helps me with energy work of seeing maybe what chakras are, are there and staying curious about the colors I see around people's heads or their shoulders. And right, depending on the client, I never share that, but some are very open and I will go, oh, I'm noticing there's a lot of green around you right now. Let's get curious about that. What's happening right now with your heart, right? Or just kind of just noticing that and that's been really fun. That's great how it, the, the Reiki, the energy work serves you and your clients and it helps you help your clients it's just such a that's really amazing to see it's fun some really love they're like hey what color am i today like what's she <laughs> i've got a client that always has this very like hot pink sparkly energy and i've never seen that around anybody else and that's really who she is she's just sparkly and just so full of love oh, and it emanates it's beautiful well i want to talk a little bit about something that you're very passionate about which is plant medicine mm -hmm. and where you're going with that and if you want to share uh, a little bit of what you're learning next year and let's talk about that. I have felt very called to become a psychedelic assisted therapist and had a great opportunity for a training that about a year long and that starts next month and just learning how to work with psilocybin, MDMA and ketamine and how I can provide that to my clients in the future when it starts to roll out and become legalized. How would you say that would benefit people that need that, the plant medicine? How does that actually help them? I believe it would highly benefit them, um, just from the studies and the research shown and, and what they're doing right now with a lot of individuals with complex PTSD. Um, a lot of it's been known to really heal depression, anxiety. Even right now with studies, MDMA has been shown just within four treatments of clients no longer qualifying for PTSD diagnosis. And what it really does, what I'm learning, and just in my own, my own experience, it really just opens up the heart space. It really opens up just such a deep awareness and that divine energy where you can really love on the parts of yourself that are really hard to love on when you're not in that space. You can really get to these other parts of your brain, of right, going into the divine, going into that spiritual realm. It all just opens up with just pure, unconditional love where we can do some of the deepest work and not have a lot of these protections, right? These symptoms coming in or this fight, flight, freeze is not there. It's, it's very much disabled and in that space. So a lot of deep work can happen. A lot of rewiring can happen. A lot of new neural pathways can start forming and it's just amazing. Are we seeing a change across, you know, traditional therapy where, because what you're talking about and the work that you're doing sounds amazing. And to me, it sounds like world changing. Are we seeing that? Are you one of the people at the very tip of this spear? Or are there lots of therapists who are starting to pick up these different modalities? That's a good question. From what I know, I feel like I'm the one kind of 
running this. I don't really know a lot of other therapists that are getting into this. Um, I'm sure there are. But yeah, as far as I know right now, I'm the only one that's getting the training and just all about it. So any anyone else who's doing it's kind of trailblazing at the same time. It could be, yeah. This big wave that's happened yet. Not that they're not, they're not sharing it, maybe. Yeah, yet. maybe they're not sharing it, but I, I hope that is happening. But yeah. I also hope they're also doing their work because this, right, with this kind of space you would be holding in these kind of journeys, right? Because some of these sessions, especially with MDMA and psilocybin, are going to be about four to six hours. So, right, or in journeying with that client and, right, even just what I've been doing in my own personal life with, right, sitting with ayahuasca, learning music, playing instruments, right, singing very sacred songs, right, all of that I'm also going to integrate into my my journeys with my clients. So just really preparing for that. And if I really encourage therapists to get involved in that if they feel called, but to also be doing their work, because that's going to be huge when, when we're working with woodland medicine. It's a beautiful combination of the old and ancient ways of healing and the new knowledge that we have of how the brain works. And that combination, I think, is magical important work absolutely it's a way right yeah it's a way we all have different ways but it is you know from what i'm reading and what i'm learning it's it is a new wave that is happening and the results are just phenomenal what it can open up that can take mm. years in regular therapy i mean you know you can hear a night of ayahuasca right can heal 10 years of therapy i mean that can happen it's all about your intention and what you're doing sure. and the space you're in yeah, it all depends on what, what you need or how is it going to go for you. It's going to be different yes. for each person. Big right? time. I love what you're saying that hopefully the therapists getting into this are doing the work. Yes. That goes with any kind of healing practitioner. Absolutely. Yes. Very important. Never stop doing our own work. No. While we're helping others. What would you say to someone who is listening right now who is reluctant or scared to go to therapy or even begin the journey down um, the plant medicine route. So what would you say? I know that was a lot of questions yeah, I threw at you. That's such a good question, though. I would just really validate that and just let them know that that's very, very normal. And you know what? Like I said earlier, it takes a lot of courage to really go inward because, right, our systems know when we when we go into these kind of spaces that we're going to be doing some work. And that can be really, really scary because we're going to be going inward. And right, to do it at a pace that feels safe, to know that going full throttle is not a safe thing. It does have repercussions, right? It, it can really regress our healing. And just to take it slow and know that healing does take time. It's not linear. And that it's really very normal to feel anxious, to feel scared, to have that fear. It just really shows us what's there. And that we want to do it right slower is faster and do it at a pace that feels really safe and make sure that we are with somebody, whether it's a therapist, a healer, a shaman, right? Whoever that is, that they're also safe, that they are also in alignment with what they're doing so that that's number one. What's the first step? If I'm a listener and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I want to go to therapy, I'm not, I'm over the fear, but I don't know how because mm -hmm. in today's world, it is so difficult to figure out, does my insurance take this person? Mm -hmm. Do I pay out of pocket? Or how, how yes. do I find these people to begin with? What's your advice to people who are ready, yes. but they don't know what the first step is? I would highly recommend getting on Psychology Today. I mean, they can filter. They can go to what insurance they have, the location, right? What kind of therapist they want to work with. They have, right, that there's this great filter on Psychology Today that they can really pick and choose what they really want to look for and, and it'll pull up those kind of therapists. Too bad they don't have a plant medicine option for the not, drop down. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not, right. yet. Um, not yet, but right, depending on plant medicine too, if they're, say, they're interested in combo or, or hop A or 
or sitting maybe in some meditations, right? I always love to think of sacred energy. I know Sacred Energy Empowerment Center in Murray has a lot of really beautiful classes. They serve combo there. And of course here, right, on wellness, right? A lot of amazing people are here as well. So, right, I, I know a lot of ways I found things too. I just got online and kind of got curious and just Googled, you know, or just sometimes as you get into that space, doors just open and you meet people and they know people. And because, you know, a lot of this work still isn't seen in a good way in Utah. So a lot of this is very private. And, you know, a lot of people are going to Peru or the, you know, the Amazon, Costa Rica to do some of these, these journeys because, right, a lot of stuff still isn't seen in a good way here. The point that you made, and, and I want to emphasize this with listeners that when you're on your path and you're acting with intention mm. and with your heart, doors do open. They do. They just, you know, people tend to think, oh, it's a coincidence or I'm lucky, but the doors open when you're on the path you're supposed to be on. Mm. And I want our, our listeners to have faith in that, that when they take that first step and they mm -hmm. go to one of the, the sites that you've mentioned, and we'll put those in, in the, the show notes. Yeah. Um, but just take that first step because if it's the right step for your path, the other doors will start to open mm -hmm. along the way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's really how it works. Yeah, just being open to that and leaning into it a little bit. and Starting with something that feels yeah. right and yes. then just let yourself be guided because yes, things will show up. And it's mm -hmm. okay, I think, also for people to go to a therapist and not be the right fit. Absolutely. I think a lot of people go and try it a few times and then they're like, okay, this doesn't feel right to me, so I'm just going to give up on therapy. Yeah, so it's about finding the right therapist for you yes. that you connect with and you feel safe with, and that might take a few tries. Absolutely, yeah. and that you know that can be discouraging too. But I encourage you know to keep going, keep trying if it really is what you want to do, and that it is very common to just maybe you know once to see somebody else doesn't feel good, right? It could take up to three therapists sometimes. And you know, I also want to validate that that's actually can be a great thing because it shows, hey, I want someone that I really do connect with. I care enough about myself to try to find the right therapist for me. Like mm -hmm. that to me is is very, that's self-love, that's self-care. Mm -hmm. Being willing to do what's mm -hmm. right. Absolutely. For yourself and standing up for yourself in that way. Yes. Not mm -hmm. in a bad way. It's not forceful. It's just moving on from potential relationship that doesn't work. Absolutely. That can be very empowering. It sounds That's like. what I'd like to tell them. Like, yeah. good for you. I'm glad you know. I know that's hard to keep trying to find somebody and think it's hopeless. But, you know, when you find that right person, it's pretty amazing. It is. What's the thing that you have, the biggest lesson that you have learned from doing journeys with plant medicine? That, you know... I have a lot of layers. We're all little onions. <laughs> Those little onions, right? And sometimes we're little garlic cloves. <laughs> but you know, it's even just, you know, in my last journey, I didn't realize that there were still some things that, wow, I realized, I didn't realize I still had that going on. And, but you know, with the capacity that I've cultivated, it's like, oh, great, there's more. Let's keep going. Let's keep loving on this part. Let's keep just holding space. And that that's, it's okay, right? There's sometimes, traumas go back so far, right? Years and years in the making. It's not just a quick thing. And that there's, right, we're always on this healing journey. We're always growing and healing. It doesn't just stop at one point and we're good to go. Right. So it's not yeah. like they did anything wrong, right? My old therapist has told me that when I've had mm -hmm. to go through stuff that I thought I had already taken care of. Absolutely. And he just says <laughs> the same thing. It's just a journey that has layers and don't be, he doesn't say don't be hard on yourself, but he helps me come to that understanding of don't be hard on yourself because some of it can be a lifelong thing too, just depending on what the trauma is. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the common thing we do. We were hard on ourselves, right? We should all over ourselves. I should have done this. I shouldn't write or something's wrong with me. I'm regressing in my healing journey. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, this is actually great. It's showing you there's still a little bit more here. 
in, right, this experience, this trauma that needs some more love, Mm -hmm. that needs to be healed, that needs to be unpacked a little bit more. And it's so great that you can see that and you have that capacity to do that, or this is where we can start working with. And it's, it's really, it's amazing when that happens, actually. And as we grow and expand more as people, we're going to see our traumas differently too. So sometimes things keep coming up because we have evolved and now we see it with another lens, with another perspective. So it's not that you're healing the same thing you were healing two years ago necessarily. It's like you're healing it from a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. That's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can see it in a different way. Now maybe I can love on it. I can really like want to get to know this part of me that's been hurting for so long. It's not scary anymore, right? Maybe I want to hug it. I want to hold it. Mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation with it, right? A dialogue or just be more mindful of it, right? Because I mean, love is learning to love ourselves is is really the key here. And that's hard. Let's ask you about integration, because I've known of a lot of people, especially here in Utah, doing a lot of plant medicine, and they're kind of becoming addicted to it, but not in a healthy way, because they're not doing the integration after. Or the work. Yeah, Yeah, or the work. So they just keep doing it, thinking that this is what's going to make me healed and take all my problems away, but then they go back to feeling the same way after a couple weeks after the medicine is out of your system. Well, and the addiction that you're referring to, though, is not the chemical addiction. Like It's an Mm -hmm. addiction to being in that space, but then not doing the integration. Are you seeing a lot of that? You know, I do see a lot of that. I remember having those experiences myself when I first started. I just wanted more and more and and realizing, okay, this is not okay, right? Because that integration is number one. Even with therapy, with plant medicine, right? And, and what we're integrating is setting the tone for that healing journey moving forward, right? What did I get out of this? What can I learn from this? And right, with some of these plant journeys, we can get so many things thrown at us that we don't even really remember. And it can take time to come back. And right, we might get these little downloads here and there. But right, we've got to be very mindful that we do need to slow down. We do need to take the time to integrate. Because if we just keep going, we really aren't learning anything. Healing's not happening. And I've had many people come to me and even clients interested in doing some plant medicine because they've heard it'll just heal you. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, it can. We're going to go do some hard things. We're going to go to the really deep stuff. We're going to feel some things we might not want to feel, right? And like, let's say ayahuasca, for example, is an amplifier. It's going to amplify the good and the bad. And that might be a lot to sit with for someone that might not have a lot of capacity. And right, say after their journey with ayahuasca or any other plant medicine, they might not know what to do with that because they didn't have that time to integrate. And it can be really, really dangerous. And it still does. You still have to do the work. You still have to integrate and really take in from what you got from that journey and incorporate it into your daily life. Yeah, Mm because I think those plants are there for us to to be more in contact with the divine, but also to be more human. And I think people are missing that point. Mm -hmm. And then they they use it as an escape from reality and from being human Mm -hmm. and the uncomfortable parts of being human. And then they just want to be in that high in touch with source and all being one and all that energy. And then they have such a hard time coming down from that into reality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's about us being okay, being human. Yes, and, yes. And connected to both parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. the human and the divine side of us. A hundred percent. You know, and I see, when I see that part of people that, right, I want to heal right now, I just want to, I don't want to be in pain anymore. I validate that. I'm like, of course you don't want to be in pain anymore. And right, and a lot of the time we're dealing with a very wounded part of that person, right? We're dealing with maybe what we call the, the ego, right? Which is really our soul at its most dormant state, right? And it's very innocent. And it doesn't understand, right? It only knows expectation. I just want to feel better now, right? And a lot of the times it's very unconscious. 
Sorry, to bring that to their consciousness, to really get curious about that and help them understand that this right healing does take time. And we have to be very intentional with what we're bringing in and not coming in with an agenda or an expectation of what we want to get out of the session, the journey with plant medicine, right? Because it is very sacred and we do, right? Intention is number one. And how we show up in that space is also going to really kind of dictate what does happen after. And a lot of times it doesn't show us exactly what we wanted no. and or the way we wanted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where people can have a hard time too. And I need to validate that too. I get it. I know that's what you wanted, right? And to have that moment too, I think gets missed a lot with people where they, they beat themselves up. But I think it is important to go back as a therapist, as right, a healer to validate that. That makes sense that that's what you wanted, right? To really hold that space and let that be witness and also, right, start moving forward in a different way. Now let's get curious about maybe what we could do differently next time or what would maybe be more helpful. But I think a lot of the times in therapy and healing, that part really gets missed because it is very valid and it is very real. Because we do come in with, I want this, right? I don't want to be in pain anymore. I hear this is going to heal me, right? Because we do hear that out there. Life medicine's going to heal you immediately. And that's just not true. Well, we're in a society that, you know, this pill-based society where Mm -hmm. people are literally told, you know, a pill will cure you. Why wouldn't plant medicine work the same way? Not that the pills work that way anyway. You know, they're a lot of times masking symptoms, but you can't blame people for coming in and thinking that something can happen for them right now. I mean, that's how society trains us. I have a little bit of an interesting question. Is it hard for you to have relationships? I know therapists tend to struggle with this a lot because, or was it at the beginning for you to be a good friend or to be in your family system without being a therapist to them then can you shut that off and just be like let's say a quote-unquote normal person around people have you figured that out i have finally figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times they expect yes. you to be their therapist <laughs> yes you know my, my mom i was her caretaker all my life i was her rescuer and i didn't really realize that until i was in my early 30s so, you know, I, I've very much shut that down and just have really good boundaries now around that. And it's interesting, the rest of my family doesn't ever ask me about my work. They don't ever ask her, like, and I love that because I would hold that boundary. Good. But with relationships, yeah, I've noticed there's times that part of me wants to therapize. But then at the same time, too, that's just kind of who I am. I like to get curious. I like to slow things down. I like to kind of just have conversations. <laughs> and your friendships. And, but it, yeah. yeah, it has been hard at times. Too. Do you find, though, at the end of the day that when you get home after being with clients all day and listening to their traumas, that it's hard for you to go into your relationships you already have because you're just tired you need a break from people and that's not a bad thing if you need a break from people right a lot of times those of us in the giving careers need that time to ourselves we need that time to reintegrate to refill our buckets do you find that that happens to you you know it does happen when i get triggered Mm. and the great thing right i can notice that happening after work or when i get that space in that day to really hold space for that part that maybe got triggered or misunderstood something a client said or maybe it brought something up that i haven't dealt with in my own life. And that's when I find that I really struggle or I'm maybe on my way home, I'm crying, I'm feeling some things, but I'm also getting curious, okay, what's happening here? What what happened today? But when that doesn't happen, right, I, I feel pretty energized. But that's what I've learned is, okay, something got triggered within me. It's cool to get curious. And it, it is really a great superpower that we all have within us. We just have to really recover that. Yes. So with therapists, right now who are interested in taking this path. So more traditional therapists who want to get into this. And what's a step they can take? You know, looking online, there are so many 
courses right now and schools that are holding it. And I just had to do a lot of my own research. Um, the, the place I'm going through is Integrative Psychiatry Institute. And I was just really blown away with their curriculum. And I really appreciate it that their fellowship is a year long because I believe it does need to be a year long. <laughs> now, it is expensive. I will be real with that. A lot of these courses are not cheap. So that's something to be mindful of. But I know a lot of them have payment plans. But yeah, it's really just going online and, and doing some research on what school feels best for them. This one's completely online, which I love. And then like midway through, you can do a four-day psilocybin journey in Oregon. They have different like retreats you can go to actually work with the medicine and get right familiar with it, which is really important if we're giving that to clients and we don't even, we've never used it. So I love that they also provide that. After you're certified a year from now, what kind of work can you do with people? What are the, the laws here that would allow you to do? That's a good question. Um, Utah doesn't know what that looks like yet. I think Oregon, I think there's only a couple of states right now that are finally rolling out with it. So I would like to have my own practice um, is really what I envision and just having my own space. So I'm, I'm curious about that too. What is this going to look like for Utah? Yeah. But I just know they're encouraging right now. If you want to do this, do it now. Get it as soon as you can, like get enrolled, get this. Because once it rolls out, we're going to be in very great demand. So like now you could help people with integration mm -hmm. after you've done this course or like they yes. could they could come into you um, when they've taken the psilocybin, but you can be with them, but you cannot provide it for them. OK, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be actually providing it. It's yeah. Mm -hmm. All I know right now is I just got to do my training and just super excited. So it'll be interesting to see what it looks like for you. Yeah, the same stores. What doors open for you? OK, so a question I have for you is, do you do telehealth? I do telehealth. Oh, yes. good, because that's a segue into my next question of if there are any listeners out there who live in Utah, unless you're dual licensed somewhere else. I don't I'm know. Not, you're I'm not. Utah. Okay. So this is for the Utah listeners. If you're feeling guided to have her as a therapist on telehealth, are you open to something like that? I am. Yes. Oh, awesome. If that feels like a good fit for them. If mm -hmm. I didn't already have a therapist, I'd be like, you're my therapist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him to death. So it's it's a good fit there. Awesome. Is there any anything that you want to say to the listeners? Any words of wisdom? Any encouragement? Anything that you want to channel to them? You know, I would like to say, if you are listening to this podcast, I mean, it tells me that you feel called and there's a reason that you're curious about this topic. And I would encourage you all to just explore that, see what comes up. You know, it takes a lot of courage once again to go to any space where you're, you're going inward and that that's very normal. And it's really beautiful when you can really get to know yourself on a deeper level. And I would love to end with this beautiful quote from one of my favorite teachers, Matt Kahn. We're only willing to meet others as far as we've met ourselves. So I encourage you all to really get to know yourselves. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing what you have today because I needed to hear some of that. You have no idea how much I needed to hear some of that. So thank you. I You're really, really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for yeah, joining us. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. This we really appreciate your time here with us. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to be a guest on our show, or if you have any other comments or questions, please feel free to contact us via our website, which is realsoulspodcast.com. You can also find out more information on the services we offer, such as distant Reiki, spiritual life coaching, and so much more.